Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Welcome to Airman's Podcast, episode 402. Today is Friday, October 13th, 2023. Is this a scary Friday the 13th? Well, nobody knows, actually. It is the last day of advanced voting in the New Zealand general election. Tomorrow is election day, and from tomorrow evening, we'll start getting results, but we probably won't know the full shape of the government tomorrow. And that's because everybody expects a close election. There has been a uh, late uh, surge, is probably too strong a word, but a late rise in support for the center-left, Labour in particular, but also the Greens, who may well pick up a record number of MPs when the election is over. And there are so many unknowns, so many unknowables, that we can't, that no one can say with any certainty what's going to happen. And it could very well be that we have to wait for special votes to be counted. Special votes are things like, for instance, anybody who registers to vote tomorrow and casts a ballot, they have to cast a special ballot and it is scrutinized by the Electoral Commission itself who determine that the per- whether the person is voting legally or attempting to vote twice or what have you. And we may have to wait for the overseas votes to come in. That ha- historically has often favored the center-left, and special- especially the Green Party, in at least two elections, they picked up an extra MP from the overseas votes. And as if all of that weren't enough, the ACT Party's candidate for Port Waikato died and while voting was already underway. And that means that triggered an automatic by-election that will be held, is well, basically, as soon as the Electoral Commission can do it after this election is over which I think they said would be the end of November at the earliest, I think they said. I can't remember. Now, the reason they're doing this is because since voting was underway, there are some people who may have voted for that candidate who would have chosen a different one if the candidate wasn't there or they didn't have one or they had a different candidate even. And so to make sure that all voters get to have a fair choice, they are throwing out all of the electorate candidate votes in that electorate, but not the uh, party vote, because that's a different uh, different election, essentially. Now, the electorate, I, I, I've forgotten if I said this or not, but it's called Port Waikato, and that's the, the current name for the electorate that Nigel and I lived in in our last house. And it's, it's currently held by a National Party MP who was, was expected to win handily up until now, and probably still will even in the by-election. But it throws another layer of uncertainty into what could happen after the election. And even if the center right is ahead on election night or the days after, it, they may still have trouble forming government with, with those three parties because two of them can't stand each other, the, the ACT Party and the New Zealand First Party. Their leaders can't stand each other, and they have very different um, agendas and viewpoints and so on. Can they form a, a um, some sort of arrangement with National that works for everybody? I don't know. We may end up have, going back to the polls for a new election. Anything is possible at this stage, including that there will be a center-left government uh, with Labour, the Greens, and, and quite possibly Te Pāti Māori. There's just no way of knowing. Now, I voted on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. <laughs> I just stopped and think. Tuesday of last week, the 10th. And I was one of 123,231 people who voted. Now, if I hadn't voted, it only would have been (laughs) 123,230. But I voted, and I I posted a um, a photo on on social media and my blog and talked about it on my blog. And I'll put a link to 
to that post in the show notes, as I always do, along with some other related ones. Now, overall, the, the trend is still running pretty much ahead of 2017. It's not as far out as, as 2020, but the thing I like to point out, two things, is that 2020 was a, was a landslide election year for labor, and it was during the COVID times. A lot of that support was because people appreciated what labor did to keep the country safe, and also that because we were still supposed to keep our social distance and stuff, People were taking advantage of the advanced voting period so they wouldn't have to be in long queues or, or risk being in crowded um, situations. So there was a huge, a much bigger uh, number of people who voted in the advanced voting period than had in 2017. Well, right now, uh, it's only about 100,000 votes, not even, 80-odd thousand votes short of the total for all of 2017. And this was not counting today this is this was yesterday so i think that the the final totals for the advanced voting period will exceed 2017 but won't be as high as 2020 there's just no way but who knows i think that overall 2023 is likely to be higher than 2017 but not as high as 2020 but we shall see there's no way of knowing now first of all i want to say my back is much better <laughs> Thank you for asking. <laughs> it, um, I uh, have taken to putting a, a pillow in the lumbar region of my desk chair, which creaks way too much. I think I'm going to have to replace this chair. At any rate, I do sometimes still get a sore back when I get up from my chair after watching TV in the evening, which probably means I'm spending too much time in that chair. <laughs> but um, overall, it is better. It's just taken a while to, to come fully right. But it isn't um, keeping me from doing anything. Not that I've had that much I've had to do this week. Last weekend, I did go to the Waikato Home and Garden Show with my cousin-in-law, and I looked at the companies that do patio covers, but I didn't actually talk to them. Most of them actually were selling fancy motorized louvered systems, which I'm not really keen on, partly because they're really expensive, but also because they have these absolutely massive legs that they stand on. And it's a small patio. I didn't want to take up all that space with, with just the legs. But the bigger issue was that as we were going through the, the show, I began to think to myself, I don't know what I want to do long term. I don't know where I want to be. Do I really want to spend that kind of money when I just, I don't know what I want? Because the thing is that I know that eventually the others in the family who live in Hamilton are going to not be living here anymore. They're going to go away or whatever. And do I want to be the only one left? Because the only people I know in Hamilton are people I'm related to. And I don't think I'd want to stay here by myself. I could go back to Auckland. I could sell both houses and go to somewhere else yet again. But I, at this point, don't have any real better place to choose. There's not, no other place I'd like that I'm interested in. So with all of this uncertainty, this continuing uncertainty, I just don't feel like spending that kind of money right now. It doesn't mean I won't one day, but I'm just not going to do it now. So instead, I decided to focus on making what I've got better. I'm going to make the, the I'm going to continue making, I should say, the outdoor space clean, tidy, and presentable so that um, anybody seeing it will think, oh, that's, that's nice. I could do this. I could do that. Oh, but it's nice as it is. You know, that kind of thing. Not like, oh my God, I'd have to do so much work on this. That's what I want to get away from. In New Zealand, house value is pr primarily comes down to three things. Kitchens, 
bathrooms and outdoor space, especially outdoor entertaining space. Now, if I don't have the patio covered, that could theoretically be a mark against the house. But overall, the land area of my property is bigger than most of the properties in this development. And it's bigger than most modern developments in general, which tend to be about half as much land as I've got. And most of that is taken up with house. My property is about a third house and the rest is is, is um, grass or, lawn, or yard. And most of that is in the back of the house, fully fenced, fully secure, which would make it very appealing to a family with young kids because they can play outside safe and secure without having to worry about any nonsense. So I think that that will make this house quite marketable. At the same time, the house needs to be repainted. I've talked about this before, I think. The builder, whoever they had paint the house, whether it was a contractor or one of his own workers, didn't prime the brick before they painted it. And so now the, the staining is coming through the paint. And so I'm probably going to hire somebody to do it, even though I could do it, just because I don't know if I have it in me. So that's an expense as well. And that was another factor in my thinking I should just not do the patio cover right now. And uh, yeah, so I'm just trying to figure all of this stuff out, figure out where I want to go, figure out what I want to do before I invest huge sums of money in this house when I might end up leaving it the next year or whenever. I mean, I have... I should stress I have no immediate plans to do anything or go anywhere. But that's actually the problem, really. Because if I did, then I could make more firm decisions. But, you know, whatever. So among the other things I'm considering, well, I'm going to go back to square one and research my options for patio covers all over again. I've discounted um, um, awnings, but I'm going to go back and look at that again, just in case I missed something, among other things. And I, I know that they make uh, patio-covered louver sets actually, actually in kits. But the problem there is I can't put them together by myself, and I don't have anybody who can help me do it. So that's not really an option. Plus which, the, the air conditioning unit, the um, exterior unit for the heat pump, is right in the middle of the patio against the wall. And so it's right where a leg would have to go. So, yeah... So instead, I'm going to concentrate on what I've got. I could put up a shade sail over the patio, which would at least make it more usable for me in the summer and would also um, probably, well, not probably, it definitely would cut down on the amount of heat, hot sun that would be hitting the windows of, of, of my living area. But um, it won't do anything to make the patio more useful on rainy days or whatever. And I won't be taking the, the cover off the patio table and chairs because they're still going to be exposed to the rain and so on. And it's r really a hassle to take that off. However, I also have an, an umbrella, cantilevered umbrella. And I realized recently that, of course, they make covers for that. I don't know why it hadn't occurred to me before. Probably the same reason I never thought about getting a cover for the table and chairs. It just didn't occur to me. So I bought one the other day. And when the weather stabilizes a bit, I'll bring the umbrella out of the garage where it's been for the past several years and put it on the patio with the cover over it and I'll just use it when I want to be outside. That's my current thinking. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, the cover didn't cost very much, so it's not like it was a huge investment or anything. And I already have the umbrella, so, you know, why not? But there are so many uncertainties. I don't want to spend a lot of money doing things that I may, that I may never see the return of. And even as, well, assuming that I get the all the yards and all that in, in nice and clean and tidy fashion, that alone will 
the house will still be attractive to buyers, just maybe perhaps not as attractive as it otherwise might be. But, you know, I've got so many other things to worry about besides the patio. I still have that the garage from hell to deal with and all the other um, stuff that's piled up everywhere. I think the, the I'm much better off to focus on that than spending big piles of money that I may come to regret. One last thing today, and it is a good news story. I now have my entire Ethernet network up and running. You might remember I mentioned that the internet, the Ethernet switch that um, the company had installed for me when I moved into the house failed. the The power supply isn't is what actually caused the failure, but also at least one port was also failing. And I knew that Nigel had one because I'd found it and I'd put it in a safe place, which and I knew exactly where it was. And so I pulled it out and I looked at it and I thought, oh, it's got a proprietary power cable. And I kept looking it up and. I couldn't find a replacement for it anyway because I've got no idea where it would be. And then I thought about it and I looked at it. There was a sticker on the back. It clearly said it was mains power and not a, you know, not through an adapter of any sort. And so I went to the box where I put all of the cables that I found in that on the same shelves, found one and an ordinary power cable, plugged it in. And then I hooked up all of the, the ports and the Ethernet network, plugged it into the, into the power, switched it on, and it is perfect. Now all of the, the checkpoints in the whole house are connected. That also means that I could turn on my server and do all my backups, which I haven't done for weeks because I had no way to access the server, although I was thinking about that. Now the reason why I let it go so long was mainly because it wasn't front of mind. I, you may recall this too, I hooked up a temporary workaround where I had the streaming um, streaming machines or whatever uh, at my TV hooked up to the internet so I could you know, watch YouTube or Disney Plus or whatever on my TV. And that is the main thing I cared about. And also I hooked up my office so that I could access the internet from my computer, which is important for things like uploading podcast episodes, for instance. Yeah. So since I had the basics that I needed, I didn't really think about it. And then I thought, I, I need to get this sorted. And so I with single-minded determination, I did all my research and then found the cord, plugged it in, hooked it up, and we're all good to go. Now, I don't know if this switch is going to last forever either. There are unused ports, so I could theoretically add some. But what matters really is that through bloody-minded determination, I finally got it back to where it was in the first place. And it it's something that I probably could have done in a if I'd kept my skills up to, up to scratch over the years, but I didn't need to because Nigel always took care of all of that stuff for me. And so I just sort of got rusty with it, with all of it, but nevertheless, and that was actually my advantage. I had a bit of a background, so I understood the fundamental concepts, even if I didn't understand particularly um, how this machine worked or whatever. And I would, you know, I just kept beavering away until I finally sorted it out and got it all up and running again. So I'm, I'm a bit proud of myself over that, I, I have to admit. It's just another example of how I've been faced with a problem, even a technological problem, and just kept working at it until I finally came through the other side. So there you go. But that's it for today. That's it for this week. I'll talk to you soon. Who knows what day it'll be? Kakete <laughs> no. Bye. You can comment on this or any episode of the Amarin's Podcast at amarinspodcast.com, where you can also leave a voice message. 
You can visit and comment on the Amarin's Facebook page, or you can email me with or without a voice message at amarin's at gmail.com. This podcast is a proud member of the Pride 48 Network and is produced and distributed under Creative Commons license. Complete details at the website.